This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made For This podcast. Jenny and I would like to thank Pros for their continued support. Pros knows there is more to you than just your hair type. Go to pros.com slash made for this to take your free in-depth hair quiz and get 15% off your first order today. Hey, welcome to the Made for This podcast. My name is Chloe. You guys, we have been working on a fun little surprise for you for the last couple weeks, and I cannot wait for you to take it. So we made a what type of friend are you online quiz that you can take for free online based on Jenny's book, Find Your People. I'm telling you, it's spot on. Y'all should go right now to JennyAllen.com and you can take the quiz, share your results and get all your friends to take it too. You'll find out if you are the sage, the fun one, the nurturer, the encourager, the challenge, like there's all the different types of friends you could be in the dynamics that play and the other types of friends you need. So go take the free online quiz right now. We'll put the link in the show notes or you can go to jennyallen.com. Today, we have a special episode with Jenny that we pull from the archives because many of you listening are probably entering into a new season with school starting. I know I am recording right now in my closet the night before school starts. And so we just felt like this was right, that this message was was for us right now. And so we hope you enjoy it. I know that you'll want to take notes just like I did. So here we go. Here is an extra dose of encouragement from Jenny today. Here's what's at stake. I believe that your generation could usher in the kingdom of God. I I actually believe it could happen with you. I, I don't know that, that it, I will be alive to see it. I don't know that people my age will be alive to see it. But when I look ahead at your generation, I see things all kind of coming into view, whether it's the technology to reach the entire world at the same time or the division that seems to be increasing all the time or the fact that the Bible is about to be hopefully in the next 15 years in our lifetime translated into every tongue and every nation that's currently happening. But it feels like everything that Revelation and this book talks about bringing in the kingdom of God, that all of those things are kind of coming into place and and it could happen in your lifetime. And so as someone who is is a couple decades ahead of you, what I feel when I look at your generation, when I look at my kids and and their kids that that will be born in, in the coming decades, I think about the fact that I've got a job to do and it is to equip you to usher in the kingdom of God. Whether it's you or whether you are to be equipped so that you can equip the next generation, your kids or your kids' kids, it's coming, guys. It's happening. And so what we do with these few short years that God gives us on this earth, it matters more than you can possibly imagine. It matters more than I could possibly imagine. So how are we going to live? What are we going to live for? Every single one of you has the opportunity, no matter what job you have, no matter who you meet or don't meet in college to marry, no matter what you struggle with or what your sin patterns have been or currently are, every single one of us, tomorrow morning when we wake up, we get to decide what we're going to live for, who we're going to live for. And my heart is that, that we get to invest in your life as as the future leaders 
for the church, as the future leaders for the countries that, that exist right now on earth. My prayer for you is that, that there would be a compelling force in you that says, I don't want to settle. I don't want to miss what God has for me. And what's cool is, is it shouldn't ever be for a lack of knowledge. Just, just so you and I are perfectly clear on what it is God's called us to do. He's ascending to heaven in Matthew 28. And he, he says his final words, Jesus Christ, as he's going up to heaven and he's risen from the dead and he's leaving his disciples and he's leaving earth. And he says a few final words and, and what he says as he leads, I just think it has to be the very most important thing. It has to be the very most important thing because it is going to be his last words to his people. And what he says as he's ascending to heaven, he says this, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always till the end of the age. Here's the thing, guys. Life does not have to feel as complicated as it feels right now. You have a job to do. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, which I hope you do. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have one job and it is to walk with him, to know him and to give him away. That's it. And guys, if you really are walking with him and you really do know him, then guess what? You are going to want to give him away. I look back at, at college and, and I saw a trend. I saw in my friends, and I don't think it's very different today for my kids and for a lot of you. I saw a trend that, that freshman year, everybody was kind of there just finally enjoying their freedom and having a ball and having, you know, making a lot of bad decisions and living for themselves. And come junior year, senior year, there was kind of this emptiness that crept over everybody of like, you know what? I'm kind of tired of living this way. This is really not as fulfilling as it used to be. And what God did in me was I got to college and I was already so madly in love with God and clear that he lived and, and was real and, and that I wanted to follow him. And so I kind of missed all that. Like I missed my freshman year party scene and I, I was there, but I was largely like taking care of people, driving them. And, and I was actually getting discipled by Michelle Bost at University of Arkansas crew staff. And, and so I was, I was reading the, a book that I highly recommend, Master Plan of Evangelism. And I was realizing that, that I thought Michelle was there to kind of save sinners at the sorority houses. Like if I were to guess what her job description was, it was like, preach Jesus to all these sorority people. But it was interesting. That wasn't her approach. Her approach was actually to invest in me so that I could go into the Pi Fi house and I could invest in my peers. So she was equipping me to go into this dark place where most everyone would have said they were maybe a Christian, but none of them were living like it or barely any of them. And so I would go and I would pray and I would have conversations and I would actually be doing the work that I thought Michelle was supposed to do. And so what she trained me to do without me barely realizing it is she trained me to live out this Matthew 28 call that Jesus gave to all of us. And rather than acting like, you know what, you need to be called to ministry to do this stuff. She was like, no, all of you that love Jesus already, you are the ministers. You're supposed to go in there and do this. And so I did it. And let me just tell you that in the beginning, there were several people that actually joined me that were like, you know what? I've been partying. I'm sick of it. I want to follow God. Help me. Let's go. And so I started a little Bible study and, and some of them were with me and we were praying for the house, just a very few number. And then candidly, we did some crazy stuff. We started like 
individually sitting down with, with friends that we thought were going through a hard time or might be open to Jesus. And we just started telling them about Jesus. And really, honestly, not much happened. Like they kind of were awkward. We were awkward. They would leave and they were like, you know what? I don't even know um, why you did that. That's kind of weird. And, and they would leave and, and, and most of them did not respond or change. Now, we wondered, I mean, I would say it felt very fruitless. It felt like, gosh, there's just not a lot of evidence that people are getting saved. There's not a lot of evidence that people are walking with God. And so those were my years of college. And so when I look back at that, and right now I lead a massive ministry through If Gathering. I write books to hundreds of thousands of people. I lead a podcast that reaches, you know, a lot, a lot of people. And so I think people looking at my life would be like, how could you ever say that your ministry in college was more fruitful than your ministry today? And that's something that I would say. And I would say, the reason I would say that is because since that time, I get to go travel and speak. And one of the most rewarding things that happens in city after city is people will walk up to me and they will hug my neck and they will say, do you remember me from college? I love Jesus now. And my kids love Jesus now. And my marriage is strong now. I follow Jesus now. And those seeds that we were planting in those years grew. Now they grew years later. I never saw them grow. I never was part of that story. But generations of my sorority sisters, generations of people at University of Arkansas in the late 90s will and do follow Jesus Christ today. So I have evidence. I don't know if all this stuff I'm scattering right now will have fruit over decades and generations, but I absolutely have evidence and names that I can say and tell you that that fruit mattered. That time in my life mattered and following Jesus and having a heart to give him away, it mattered in that season. Now, some of you are listening and you're like, I'm just not there. I don't even know what I think about this. And so in this next little part, what I wanna do is I wanna talk to those of you that are there. Those of you that are like, I love Jesus. And I know a lot of people that don't. And you don't know what to do. That you're like, you know what? I think I'm in for that, but I don't know what to do. And I wanna simplify it for you and tell you to do it awkwardly. Have the awkward conversations. Pray for people, actually really pray because it changes lives. Let's start by um, looking at a verse that, that I have found absolutely required as I do this, as I walk through life and, and try to love God and give him away. It is Zechariah 4, 6, and it says, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Not by might and not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. There is one thing happening in your generation that I see happening that I have not seen happen in generations past. And it is this, y'all are zealots. You're zealots. And not all of you, some of you are running from God harder than, than I've seen also. It's, it's darker than I've ever seen and it's brighter than I've ever seen. But some of you are in love with God and I am so excited to hear so many of you in college saying, I wanna go on the mission field. I wanna be a pastor. I wanna spend my life well teaching Jesus and giving him away, whatever that looks like in whatever context God's calling you to. And the thing that I wanna say to you first, there's four things I'm gonna, I'm gonna encourage you. And the first one is, it is by the spirit of God. It is this, depend on the supernatural power of the spirit of God. Pray, pray huge prayers. Pray believing that people are gonna get saved, that you love, that are around you. Pray believing that sin patterns that people have been stuck in, pornography, and maybe you've been stuck in, 
and jealousy and comparison and insecurity and patterns of abuse that you maybe you've walked out of believe that strongholds can be broken. Second Corinthians 10 says that you have been given divine weapons that have the power to destroy and demolish strongholds. Believe verses like that, that the spirit of God can change lives. Believe it. I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen in my life and I've seen it happen in my college sister's lives. I've seen it happen in thousands of women's lives over the years, in my children's lives. I've seen him take darkness and blindness and stuckness and turn it into freedom and joy and being able to see and know God. It can happen, but it requires the spirit. It is not in your will. It is not in your fancy words. It is not in your knowledge of everything. It is because the spirit of God changes lives. And we, if we just humble ourselves and pray and say, God, we want to see you use us. He does it. He does it. So number one, depend on the supernatural power of the spirit of God in your lives as you go and give God away. Hey, you probably have heard us talk about how much we love Pro's hair care because it is the most personalized hair care that you can get out there and they create a custom routine that is just for you and for your hair type. Switching to a custom routine from Pro's was probably one of the best things that I've done for my hair in a long time and I am seeing results that just keep getting better. A lot of times products that are supposed to volumize my hair end up leaving it of dry and brittle and pros shampoo has been the opposite my hair is shinier and smoother but it's not weighed down and heavy from too much product buildup pros hair care smells unbelievable you guys and we've teamed up with pros and they're offering 15 percent off your first order at pros.com made for this Pros has given over 1 million consultations with their in-depth hair quiz, and that's how I got started. So you take this really easy quiz online that asks you questions like where you live, the humidity, your eating habits, how much you exercise, like things that affect your hair and how oily your hair can get or dry. And they analyze over 85 personal factors and they determine a unique blend of ingredients to treat your exact concerns. So one of my favorite things is Pros' review and refine tools. So between each formula, I can tweak it based on anything that changes like Sometimes in the summer, I'm a little blonder, and so my hair can be drier than it is in the winter. And so Pros changes my custom shampoo just for me. Pros is an industry leader in clean and responsible beauty. All of their ingredients are sustainably sourced, ethically gathered, and cruelty-free. And they're the first custom beauty brand to go carbon neutral. If you're not 100% positive Pros is the best hair care you've had, they will take all the products back, no questions asked. Pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash made for this. That's P-R-O-S E dot com slash made for this for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. Number two, you are not a victim. Now, this is something that I am encouraged by in your generation. I actually think, you know, watching you all go through COVID, you all kind of have owned it. You're like, yeah, this stinks. This is not what I would have picked for my college years. But you know what? We're going to make the best of it. We're going to still be with our people and we're going to make memories and we're going to um, still be used by God to, to love people and to make a difference. And guys, I've, I've seen this in you. You are doing this. You are living this way. You're not victims. But I believe one of the greatest lies the enemy will tell you is that you are. 
and that you can't and that you don't have what you need and that you're not good enough and that your circumstances or your mistakes are defining you. And who are you to go tell somebody else about Jesus when your life is such a wreck, when when you don't know if you trust him? Guess what, guys? Here's what you're going to do. Instead of being a victim, you're going to invite people into the mess. You're going to tell them your mistakes. You're going to tell them why you feel disqualified. You're going to tell them how Jesus rescued you. You're going to tell them the hope that you hold onto when all of the circumstances around you feel so dark. I remember being on the stairwell at the Pi Fi house at University of Arkansas, and I was walking up the stairs, and I remember a girl named Gretchen. She was walking down, and she was teary, and she looked at me, and she said, how are you always so happy? And I had a choice to make in that situation. I was like, I'm not happy because my life is easy. Like, my life wasn't easy. In fact, I was so isolated and so alone in my world at college that there were most nights for a few years there that I cried myself to sleep. I felt inferior. I was fighting an eating disorder. Uh, I was um, struggling with a critical dad that, that I had lost my identity. I was wrestling with all kinds of things. And I looked at her and I was like, one reason. And I had a choice in that moment. Do I, do I go, I'm not happy. I'm faking it. No, there was a true joy that she saw in me. And I had a choice. Am I going to tell her where it really comes from? Or am I going to be like a plastic girl that's like, yeah, I'm I'm great because I'm fancy and have my life together. No, I, I was like, you know what, Gretchen? My life is not together. Like my circumstances are hard, but I have a relationship with Jesus that when I lay my head down at night and I am teary and crying, I have somebody to talk to. Now I just was so bold, y'all. I was in the Pi Fi house in the middle of the stairwell. I was like, this is so awkward, but I just said it. I just said it. I said the hard thing and I go to bed a few nights later and, and she knocks on the door and she's like, Hey, can we talk some more? And she came in and she said, my mom has cancer and I'm spinning and I don't know what to do. And that little brave moment on the stairs where I could have just been a baby and been like, you know what? I am a victim. Like we have got to show the hope we believe If you believe in this God that has set eternity for you, that has given you an identity as a child of God, that has filled you with the Holy Spirit of God, has given you everything you need for life and godliness in his word. If you believe that you have everything promised to Jesus as a co-heir of Christ coming for you in heaven, that changes everything. We are not victims. In fact, scripture says we are more than conquerors. We have this fierce fire in us. And it, and, and Jesus is clear too. He says in another scripture, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart of overcome the world. So, so it's not that our lives are easy. It's not that everything works out for us. It's that we're not victims to our circumstances and to our short lives here. We have a hope and a joy that is set before us that we get to go give away. So we cannot act like victims. That's number two. Number three, discipline does not equal legalism. Guys, yes, we need the spirit of God. Yes, we also need to believe that we are not victims and that spirit has given us everything we need to do this life. And then number three, we also have to come alongside that spirit and we have to train ourselves in godliness. Some of you have been fighting sin patterns for, for years and you're like, why do I not have any freedom? Why is the spirit of God not healing me magically? Y'all, because there is a pattern of godliness and a way to turn from sin. Romans 8 says there is a way of darkness and there is a way of light. The way of darkness leads to sin and death. The way of our flesh leads to sin and death. If we follow the desires of our mind and, and what we want and the flesh, it's going to lead to sin and death. If you follow the patterns of the spirit and what he calls you to, which is holiness, repentance, um, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, all of those things, self-control. If you follow the ways of the spirit, then you're going to live in life and peace. There are two ways. There's not 10, there's two. 
We follow our flesh. We follow the spirit. One leads in sin and death. One leads to life and peace. And as we make that choice daily and as we turn from that road, whatever, because all of us are going to end up on that road to sin and death again because of our flesh, we're still fighting it. But as we turn and go to the light, those patterns that scripture plays out for us to be in the word, to meet with Jesus. Let me, let me just show you some of the language. To train yourself in godliness, 1 Timothy 4, 7. To strive to enter the narrow gate. To take up your cross daily. To work out your salvation with fear and trembling. To discipline your body and to bring it under submission. That if you're right, I offend you, you gouge it out. These are strong, commanding words of training and discipline. We strive together in prayer. These are all scriptures that that you know, Hebrews 12, we make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. So, so there is a, a language throughout scripture that you see that is those patterns of, of finding life and peace and finding freedom and finding joy and finding all the peace, patience, kindness, goodness, all the fruits of the spirit. They live on a road and that road is a road of choice and training and discipline. Guys, if there's one thing I would challenge you to do, it is to be a person of discipline. I know that's not cool. I know that word probably makes you squirm a little. It's like, "Ah, I don't want to be that girl or that guy. Hear me say this, be that girl and that guy, and you will be more set apart in your generation just because you wake up in the morning and open this book, just because you don't let your appetites of your flesh control you, just because you don't have addiction in your life, just because you actually walk with Jesus There will be an overflow in your life. That peace, that patience, that kindness, that goodness will come out of you because that's what he does as we walk with him. But that walking with him requires us to get up and to walk and to open this book, to get on our knees and to commit and submit to a local church and to choose some accountability instead of addiction to pornography and to drinking into whatever it is that that is your idol you know even if it's an eating disorder or anything else we've got to choose submission to accountability and to wholeness and to healing now some of you I want to stop right here because I want to be clear Hebrews talks about Hebrews 12 talks about there being sin and there being weight hindrances and and sometimes it's sin that you've got to submit to accountability and sometimes that discipline is submitting weights and burdens they're not sins they just are struggles whether that's mental illness, and anxiety, whether that's abuse that happened to you in your past, those weights and those burdens also have to be submitted to God, not because you did anything wrong, but because we need help in this life and we need community and people to come alongside of us and to help us to run the race that is set before us, as Hebrews 12 says, and to fix our eyes on Jesus. So, so fighting the, those weights and, and, and figuring out, do you need counseling? Do you need a doctor? Do you need to talk to a medical medical professional? Do you need to open up to your parents? Guys, some of you don't have healthy enough parents to be able to do that, but many of you do. You have a mom or a dad or both or a grandparent or somebody that you can entrust the hardest things you're going through. As a mom of college students, let me say, there's not one thing my kids could come home and tell me that I would not walk through with them. You know, my joke is if you end up in prison, we'll do prison ministry together. Like I, we're not in this as parents. We're not in this for perfect kids. We're in this for kids that are free and that love God and can run their races that are set before them. Some of you, your obedience to God is to go home and to tell your parents what you're struggling with and what you're fighting with. Hindrances and weights. God, guys, there is a, a race that God has set before you, but to be able to run it, to be able to give God away to your generation, to do the work that God has called you to do, 
You've got to choose and learn and care about discipline. And then this is it. You ready? We're going to go to war here. Quit dabbling with sin. Quit dabbling with sin. There is not another thing on earth that is stealing more of the power of God in your life and through your life than the small sins that you are choosing day after day after day. And only you know what that is. Only you know the thing that you are holding on to, whatever that is. I mean, for some of you, it's people pleasing. For some of you, you are so controlled. I see this in my sixth grade son, but I see it myself too. Some of you are so controlled by what other people think of you. And guys, that is idolatry that you cannot obey God. You cannot share Christ with your friends because all you can think is the rejection you're going to feel if they reject you because they reject God. And guys, whatever that sin is, if it is addiction, if it is fear of man, if it it says that's not even the gospel in Galatians 1, it talks about um, fear of man. If I were still trying to please people, if I was still trying to please men, this is Paul, I wouldn't be pleasing Christ. So so we always, you know, it, it lays out a choice. I think we think of dabbling with sin as these big things that that are visible that everybody sees but the truth is some of you are dabbling with the sin of comparison and gossip and the fear of man that in such a way that it has completely distracted you from the mission of God and the people that need Jesus right around you. 1 John 3 9 No one born of God makes a practice of sinning for God's seed abides in him and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. Now, what does that mean? It doesn't mean that the people of God will never sin. It means that the people of God hate their sin. It means we'll never be comfortable in it. It means that that sin is is producing that sin and death and we can smell it, taste it, feel it, and it steals our joy and we're stuck. And guys, I saw this in so many of my friends in college as they were going down that road to sin and death and, and they're looking at me and they're saying, I don't want this anymore. Help me, help me get out. The problem with sin is it's always a gateway drug, right? Pornography is a gateway drug to worse. Drinking is a gateway drug to bad decisions and mistakes that you might regret for the rest of your life. It's not that any one of those things are, are in itself completely going to destroy your life. It's that it's a a door to another sin, to another sin, to another sin, till you're so far down that road of sin and death that no longer do you care about the souls of men. You are just trying to stay alive and you're depressed and you're suicidal and you don't know why. And let me tell you why. Because this road, Romans 8, it leads to sin and death. It leads to sin and death. So you got to shift your road and you got to hate the sin that is putting you in this position that is stealing from you the most important years of your life. So you pray with me. God, I am sick of dabbling with sin. I don't want it anymore. I want to live for you. I want the mission of you to be the focus of my life. I want you to be the focus of my life. God, would you forgive me for this sin that has has held me and and put me in bondage? God, I, I want free of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, here's what you got to do. Let me tell you. Let me end with this. You need each other. You cannot do this alone. You cannot walk with Jesus alone. You cannot share about Jesus alone. You need each other. You cannot fight your sin alone. There's not one thing that we've talked about today that you can do without community. So gather your people. Decide who they are. You got to be honest. My hope for you is that you would say the way that you've been held back, the way you've been missing the mission that God has for you, the sin or the weight that has kept you 
from serving God with all your heart. I'm praying for you. I'm cheering for you. I believe in you like crazy. And I'm so honored to get to partner with you for however many years I have left, for however many years you have left, to see God spread on this earth. I believe He will. I believe we're going to get to see that. Hey, did you know that you can text Jenny and I? And we actually read your text messages and we try to respond as many as we can, but it is just like such a fun way for especially you guys, our podcast fam, to ask questions. We send out ideas and stuff for you guys all the time to vote on. If you want to join, get out your phone. You're going to type the word podcast in the message part to the number 214-225-6267. We'll see you next time for another episode of the Made for This podcast.